the Making Sense of Life podcast, episode 15. According to J.K. Rowling, life is difficult and complicated and beyond anyone's total control. The humility to know that will enable you to survive its vicissitudes. The Making Sense of Life podcast will not only empower you to navigate through a fast-changing world, but also to grow in body, mind and spirit. Inward change precedes outer transformation. As the ancient Greek author Plutarch once said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Medical Legal. Sunil also works privately with senior leaders. Go to drsunil.com forward slash corporate to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Making Sense of Life podcast with me, Andrew Horton and Dr. Sunil Raheja. Hi there, Andrew. Great to be here with you again. Excellent. Well, we are talking today about leadership. Yeah, it's a very hot topic to think to think about, and uh, we've got a lot to to cover on that. Okay. Now, what I want to start with is if you could tell me, Sunil, what is leadership? What makes a leader? Wow, that's a huge subject. And if you, if any of our readers or listeners have done a Google search, um, you type in the word leadership, and there are probably millions of definitions and explanations about leadership. Um, what I, the definition I like best is that from John Maxwell, where he says leadership is influence. Uh, he says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And what I particularly like about that is it takes leadership out of the category of the you know, world famous kind of mm. celebrity kind of people, you know, like um, you know, Barack Obama, mm. or the President of the United States, Churchill, Gandhi, Mother Teresa. Mm. And it says actually, at its most basic and core essence, leadership is about how we influence one one another. Um, and I think that's really helpful because it's so easy to think, well, I'm not a leader. I'm just in, in my own little small world doing my own little thing. But the fact is that we do influence one another in a variety of ways. We influence by the words we say and the words we don't say. We influence by the things we do and the things that we don't do. So if you think of leadership in those much broader terms, I think that's much more helpful. As you say, Sunil, it's it's a case of we think, if you think of the term leadership, you think of Barack Obama and, and, and sort of the big names in, in modern politics or in uh, sport or the movie world and that sort of thing as leaders. But uh, as you say, it's not quite as simple as that, is it? No. And I think also there's a lot of cynicism as well around leadership because we think about political leaders and we think of broken promises. We think of uh, abuse of power. And we think, well, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Well, I, th- I would say that that argues even more for for better and more higher level uh, leadership. In fact, um, another definition I've come across is one from somebody who we've uh, also referred to is Stephen Covey. Mm. Um, one of our podcasts as well is his interview with Stephen Covey's grandson. Mm. Uh, but Stephen, the the late Stephen Covey, who died, uh, I think, in two thousand and twelve. His, he, he has a definition that I also like quite a lot as well, which is communicating to people their worth and potential so clearly that they come to see it in themselves. Wow. And uh, I think that's, that's very, very, yeah, very profound, very meaningful. But it's about, it's about putting 
it's helping other people to see what they're capable of and in a sense to move forward in their lives in ways maybe that they never thought possible or were un previously unable to, to do. Now I know you've written quite a extensive amount on leadership on drsunil.com haven't you and uh, tell us a few things that you've found and, and discovered or or that you want to share with us now. Yeah thank you Andrew. Um, I think again just, just, just to underline the point as well that we are all, all leaders and I think if we can first of all grasp that that's that's a really important point the fact that what I do and what I don't do what I say and what I don't say has an influence on other people and how can I as it were be a force for good in the world where there is so much that that's negative there is so much that's discouraging there's so much that can um, that cause problems for other people mm -hmm. um, so so I think it isn't, you know, it, it isn't pompous. It isn't grandiose to start thinking of myself as a leader because the more I can raise my own perspective on that, the more that I, I can truly make a difference. Um, yeah. So as you say, if, if everyone's a leader, then, then I'm a leader even in, in areas perhaps I don't, I don't recognise or aren't, aren't conscious of at the moment. Yes, and that's, I think so leadership is really about change. It's about mm. bringing about a... It's about taking uh, taking something or a person or a situation from where it is to where you would, you you would want it to be, as opposed to if you like management, where whereas management is much more about the status quo and making what's happening maybe be more efficient mm. uh, or getting it done in in a quick way. Now management is important. I don't want to mm. say it isn't, mm. but again, one of Covey's things is that he, he, illustrations. He he talks about how you have these people going through a jungle and they're hacking their way through through that jungle. They're making great progress, but the leader is a person who who, who climbs to, to to the top of a tree, scans the horizon, looks around everywhere, and says, "We're in the wrong jungle." Mm. So, so yeah. leadership is much more about direction and purpose whereas management is is really about uh enabling what we've already decided to happen in a more efficient way that's, that's a really really good explanation Sinal. and uh, i was thinking back to myself in 2014 so last year and when i um back to myself in 2014 when i took that photo of the anti-homeless spikes outside the block of flats in uh, in, in London and uh, you know I guess I guess I was being a force for change there I was being a leader in, in terms of bringing up a social issue wasn't I well, well tell us a little bit more about that Andrew That's, yes, well yeah, that. basically what happened was um, for those who didn't see the story uh, it was covered quite widely on on uh, social media and uh, in the news Sky News and Jeremy Vine program on BBC Radio 2 um, that uh, I basically took a photo of some spikes that were put outside a block of flats uh, to prevent homeless people from sleeping there and there was a big outcry and big uproar and uh, the story just went completely viral so it was, it was quite fascinating that, that and then the spikes were removed so there was some social change there and, and it was quite interesting I, th I guess I was acting a leader in that sense was I? Well yes you, you're having certainly having an influence and in a way that you probably never thought possible you never thought it would happen in that way you'd taken a photograph now you could have well let, no, let, 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 let's backtrack on that you saw something mm. okay which you didn't think was right mm. You, now, most people would have seen it and walked past it and not thought about it. But you saw something. Then you then did an action. You took a photograph. Now, that, that was something. You then took the photograph and you put it onto social media mm. and you raised a question. And that led to a ser series of events which you would not have 
imagined possible, right. including being interviewed by Sky News, including coming on on a, on, on a BBC radio program. All the consequences because you noticed something and took some action. Yes, and that that's 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 a beautiful example of of, of, of leadership. For, yes, thank you for sharing that. So, why is leadership so important? So, now good leadership so important. Well, I think maybe the simplest answer is because there's so many examples of bad leadership around us. Mm. And again, if you think about governments, you think about countries, you think about how um, a leader takes control of a country. Um, you think of examples, I mean, let's name some examples. You think of uh, the case of North Korea for the last, uh, what, 60, 70 years, yeah. and the way that that country has been decimated to to the ground by, by by the poor leadership there that's very self-serving and self-centered. You think of a country like Zimbabwe. Yeah, Mugabe. Mugabe, and again, a country that was, what they say, was, was the breadbasket of Africa that was feeding, you know, the whole of Africa. Um, and and okay, yes, there was apartheid and there were real problems, but in many ways, the tragedy of of, of Zimbabwe is that it's in a worse state than it was even under 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 apartheid. And I have to say that again, that was because of poor leadership. So, as you say, it, it, it can be hard to be a good leader, but it's not impossible, is it? I mean, we can have a good influence and we can we can do it the right way, I guess. Yes, but again, it's. It's it's a skill like anything else because it's very easy for us to look at you know particularly we're talking about politics political leaders and say and look at their faults and look at the mistakes that they make and say well if I was in power I would I would do differently and it's not as simple as that mm. uh, there are definite skills there's different uh, people you know people abilities that that you need to have people skills that you need to have if you're if you are going to to have that kind of influence now we talked earlier about some of the uh, most high-profile leaders that come to mind when we think of the word leadership, uh, but one from the uh, sort of the history books, as it were, Abraham Lincoln, is someone that you've you've looked at and researched quite a lot, isn't it, Sonal? Well, I don't know if I researched a lot, but uh, certainly I I know more about him now than I did when I was at school. Uh, I I went to the U.S. a couple of years ago, and I went to the Lincoln Memorial, and I was very intrigued by this this man who I hadn't studied in history. But I would say he, the more I've researched into him the more i've been amazed at the incredible influence he had for good um he he went through a period of quite profound depression and setbacks in his life but it is quite remarkable how he was able to bring the country together in a way that the united states in a way that 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 is truly remarkable i mean um historians would say that he was almost single-handedly responsible for preserving the union of the United States at a time of great animosity and bitterness. So by the time the Civil War ended, uh, then 529,000 men, out of, get this, Andrew, out of a population of 32 million, yeah. had lost their lives. Right. So if you want a modern example, think about places like Syria, think of Somalia, think mm. of Pakistan, mm. think of Iraq, think of countries that have really been ripped apart by hatred, animosity, and bloodshed. And Lincoln had the foresight and vision to see that a truly united states, mm. as you know, think of the United States, could be a force for enormous good in the world. And he understood the need for forgiveness and reconciliation as the only way forward uh, for the country, rather than giving in to, which we see so much in our news and media, of, of hatred and violence giving 
you know, giving birth to more hatred and violence. And, you know, to, to illustrate that, there's a story of how uh, he was challenged by an elderly lady uh, uh, for calling Southerners who opposed him as fellow human beings who were in error. And what this lady said to him, she said that they were that these uh, Southerners were irre irreconcilable enemies who must be destroyed. And Lincoln's response mm. is as you know, as it was powerful then in, in, in the 19th century, and it's just as powerful today. He says, why, madam, do I not destroy my enemies when I make them my friends? Wow, that's very good. Uh, and that's a message that really needs to be heard. So he, you know, he had incredible spiritual maturity. Uh, and great integrity as well as a leader. And great integrity as well. Uh, and a clear vision and purpose um, about that, that, that it really hinged on his leadership about bringing together a war-torn war country. I mean, in, 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 otherwise, that would never have been possible. Um, there's the, the, a classic book is, and I have to confess I haven't read it. I've only scanned it because it's a big book. But Team of Rivals, The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln by uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin. She describes how Lincoln saved America from anarchy and civil war by, again, get this, by appointing his fiercest critics to key cabinet positions. Um, and that's, that's fascinating, really. Mm. The people who, who are most critical of him, he actually was able to separate the, the person from the message yeah. Yeah. And, and not take the criticism personally mm. and say, OK, what is it that this person is saying? Where's the element of truth in this? And what will be good f for the country as, as a consequence? Mm. Now, it, you know, as as we all know, uh, Lincoln was assassinated in in eighteen sixty five, mm. um, but he, he had started a process um, about bringing the country united and, and uniting the country together, and and the Civil War was about the issue of slavery. Mm. But what historians say that that. With the sudden curtailment of his presidency, <clears throat> historians would say that if he'd been able to carry on, then there would probably have not been a need for Martin Luther King a hundred years later to do his civil rights movement and do his famous I Have a Dream speech. Mm. Because I don't know if you, if you recall, Andrew, but that famous speech in 1968, 28th of August, 19, sorry, 1963, I should say, uh, 28th August 1963, that famous speech was was taken at the Lincoln Memorial. Yes, it was. And Martin Luther King deliberately chose to take do his speech there because he wanted to basically to send the message out that I'm carrying on the work that Lincoln never finished 100 years ago. Um, and that's, a, you know, a measure of of the stature and greatness of the man and the power of his of his leadership, which I think we have largely forgotten um, around the world. It does sound uh, like he he knew what he was doing as a leader, doesn't it, Sinel? And uh, but perhaps you know, perhaps he was uh, he was uh, uh, guided by God in a sense. Yes, maybe. I mean, he he very much had had a deep personal faith. He had that, and also I think he was also in touch with his own weakness as well and we, we've talked about on, on on the blog posts about how he really um struggled with, with 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 depression how he struggled with a lot of external criticism mm. as, as well um it, again w w when he was nominated for the presidency so when he was nominated yeah when he was not nominated for, for, by the republican party um in may 1860 the new york herald of may 19 1860 said the conduct of the Republican Party in this nomination is a remarkable indication 
of a small intellect growing smaller. They pass over statesmen and able men, and they take up a fourth-rate lecturer who cannot speak good grammar. So that was the sort of the, the public opinion at that time in 1860. And yet he truly did go on to become one of the greatest leaders, not just of the United States, but I would say of the world. And whatever you think about American policy and um, uh, about, the, about the United States of America, it certainly has had a huge influence around the world and done a lot, obviously made mistakes and done things wrong. And no country is perfect and no leader is perfect. But certainly, as it were, as it were, put a stake in the ground for 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 democracy and for human rights and for uh, being a positive force in the world. When you compare to some of the terrible brutality of Nazi Germany, of the Soviet, you know, of, of the Soviet Union, of communism and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, while every country has its mistakes and has its failings, I think that that, that Lincoln left a great legacy for the United States to be a, a great force for good in the world. Now, some leaders, world leaders, if you want to call it that, can can be good by almost sort of just standing in the gap, can't they? And 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 being a what the Bible talks about being salt and light, isn't it? So even though Gandhi, for example, wasn't a Christian, but he was very much someone that kind of um, stood up for justice and and and, yeah. and, and morals and ethics and that sort of thing. Yeah, and so he saw a need, saw an injustice, and as you, as you said, stood in the gap was willing to stick his head above the parapet, willing to be seen and to, and to make a stand. Uh, and again, I mean, that, that really, the important thing is, is seeing that leadership is really about servanthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're very, very quick to fall into the trappings of leadership and wanting, you know, all, all the glitz and glamour and, and the trinkets and the toys that go with leadership. But with, well, you know, you, paraphrasing, with great power comes great responsibility as well. And seeing that leadership is actually about serving others and having that attitude of service is really what makes a difference. So just coming back to Abraham Lincoln again now, earlier before you started the recording, you were talking to me about something called Level 5 Leadership uh, and how that related to Abraham Lincoln. So just expand on that a bit more for us now. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. So Jim Collins has written a book called Good to Great, and it's really very much a business book, and he's talking about chief executives and leaders of large companies. But actually, the principles behind that, I think, apply to leaders at every level. And so, as, as we said, he talks about five levels of leadership. And the first level he, he would call as a highly capable individual, so someone who gets a job done and they can be relied upon to do that. And it would be great if we had more people <laughs> like that in the world yeah. who do what they say and say what they do. Exactly. And I think so often that doesn't happen but that's if you like the most basic level um, being a highly capable individual who can be relied on who can be trusted to get the job done but there's more to that you see because what uh, uh, and especially in in our very complex as it were, as it were vaca world volatile unpredictable complex ambiguous world <laughs> a single person is not enough to to, to 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 do anything of significance you can't do it by yourself yeah. so a level two lead leader is someone who is a con- is a contributing team manager that there's someone who's able to contribute contribute their individual capabilities to the objectives of the organization or the team and so they'll be able to look beyond their individual job role they, they can move beyond just working in a silo mm. but they can work with others in a group setting and that and that doesn't just take technical skills that takes people skills. That takes a, a, a depth of character to be able to do that. Mm. So that's level two lead, okay. leaders. 
a level three leader is a competent management is a competent manager that is someone who can take responsibility for the direction of the team by organizing people and resources towards the effective and efficient pursuit of objectives that they've predetermined sure so in other words they don't just see what needs to be done they can actually go out of the, their way to bring it about right. so you know it's very easy to to look at the problems and say this is the problem this is the problem this is the problem but what you need to say is well here are some solutions here are some potential ideas of what we can do it take the initiative isn't take it? the initiative this is what we can do so and um, a competent manager can do that to, to, to a point as well but then he moves on to a level four leader is an effect is an effective leader that is someone who can catalyze commitment and vigorous pursuit of a clear and compelling vision uh, to the team to stimulate high performance standards so but very much they do that from their own perspective so they're very much seeing it from their own department they're very much seeing it from their own uh from their own if you like self-interest and and that's sure. I, don't, I don't want to say that's a bad thing because mm. we're all human and so we're seeing it from our own self-interest mm. but jim collins talks about the level five leader mm. and that is f quite fascinating he says and it, what he does is he says when you you know he says when you look in the papers or on the media and you see about you know these famous sort of celebrity ceo kind of leaders or world leaders who mm. who love to get the you know get on the front page yeah. of, of the papers and of, of, of the media with all the sound bites the right sound bites and, right sound bites and all that he said well actually they're not really level five leaders at all because the real level five leaders you will hardly notice right. and they tend to as it were shy away from the limelight mm. uh, and he says well they've got this paradoxical blend of personal humility and at the same time have a very strong professional will to move beyond their own corner interests and to make a consistent dramatic effect for the good of the whole organization so they really think about what is the best thing to do no matter how much it's going to cost me right like that that's, that's real servant-hearted leadership isn't well it? that's exactly it i mean i think that is is what it's about it's having a true um servant heart and it shows in 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 their character because when things go wrong they're very quick to look at well what, what role did i play in this mm. and when things go well they're very quick as well to then uh, praise the whole team and say it wasn't just me it was a combined unique effort and they're very willing to look uh, for the strengths and uh, and abilities of, of others around them so how does that work then in terms of if i can just pick you up on the servant leadership point if that's right to know um if you're if you're a servant leader, you obviously got to uh, uh, sort of put others before you, but you've also got to lead at the same time. So it's quite an interesting dynamic, isn't it? How how that works that you actually can lead and be in charge and go ahead, but also be kind of putting other people before you. If you see what I yeah, mean, so just explain a bit more about what you think about that. Yeah, well, and I think that's where the real skill lies because it's the ability to stay in relationship with each other, to get on well with people, and yet at the same time be able to disagree and say that although I disagree about this plan or or to see that actually this is the wrong path and maybe have the people around you saying well no 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 they, we should go another way and saying well actually no I think it's another way let's let's try and work it through but at the end of the day the leader will be willing to stick their neck out and go against the grain of what others others say because they truly do have the best of the you know that the, 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 they're looking for the for the best for the organization and ultimately for their team even if that means being unpopular even if that means being criticized even if that means you know um well worse than that you know as well but they're able to distinguish the the task from the relationship and yet still maintain and still keep in relationship 
Yeah, fascinating stuff. So, just sort of picking, sort of rounding up on that that particular area. Is there any more thoughts you had on 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 the sort of level five leadership? There's a, there's a lot on level five leadership. I mean, whole books have been written about it, but it is something about the character. And it is something about this ability to um, be humble. So, okay, saying okay, I don't have all the answers. There's stuff out there that I'm. I'm not aware of or I don't know and at the same time saying I know that we can pull through this and I know that we we, we can work through this, through this by giving our very best so this professional will and this humble confidence as well at the same time so this very strong will but not strong will to the point of arrogance mm. but that's able to as it were bring that in and at the same time be willing to admit to failings and mistakes and be willing to look for answers in unexpected places okay so sort of just coming into land now and uh, just wanted to um sort of wrap up by perhaps looking at more of a, a spiritual biblical perspective if that's right sunil yes um so the the question i really had was how can followers of christ put jesus first but also be good leaders as well yes that's a great question andrew and i think when i think about servant leadership and i think about level five leadership the example you have to come to is the example of jesus mm. and the passage that i particularly come to is john's gospel chapter 13 one of the last acts of christ before he went to die on the cross was to wash his disciples feet mm. and an incredible act of love and it's really worth sort of just, just thinking and, and, and pondering on that. First of all, here is Jesus coming to wash his disciples' feet. And I'll just read to you from, from John chapter 13. Okay, First thing to notice is that Jesus was motivated by genuine love to serve others. This is what it says in John chapter 13, the first two verses. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave the world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Mm. So just if you just picture the scene here, yeah. Jesus knows, he's very secure in himself. Mm. He knows where he's come from. He knows where he's going. He knows that there's this guy, Judas Iscariot, who's going to betray him. And yet he's still motivated by genuine love. And he's still, in a sense, in control. Okay. Mm. Okay. And so he knows now that he wants to now, by being in control, rather than defending himself, he wants to show his disciples the full extent of his love, mm. even to, to Judas, who he knew would betray him. It's, it's, it's really sobering, isn't it, to think of, of Jesus' example of how, how much integrity he had, didn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, and I think that that's at least the same point. So he was secure enough within himself to serve others and it says in in in, in, the, in the third verse of, of john chapter 13 jesus knew that the father had put him in complete charge of everything mm. that he'd came from god and that he was on his way back to god mm. so he knew where he came from he knew where he was going okay so because he was secure in that there was no ego mm. that was there there was no sense of i hope i'm looking good i'm going to do this to just yeah. to, to create a good impression kind of thing mm. no. You see, so when I'm secure in myself, then I will stretch myself to greater tasks. 
But I, at the same time, if I'm also secure in myself, then I also humble myself and stoop down to take on what others may perceive as trivial tasks that are beneath me. Now, washing feet, like you can't, you know, that's a pretty trivial task to do. Yeah. But that's also the attitude of, of, of a level five leader as well, to do the things that no one else feels able to do because they feel it's beneath them. Yeah. I think you touched on two more things there that I, I picked up, which was the, the quiet confidence in, in good leadership, but also the self-control. And I think um, particularly in today's society, today's culture, we've built so much temptation around and so much distraction it's hard for leaders to to keep focused on 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 their purpose and on their mission, and then that if if it gets uh, too distracted or too tempted in other areas, that can affect their their quiet confidence as well. It kind of all comes together, and and, and it's quite a battle to be a good leader today, isn't it? Well, I think it always. I mean, this is tough stuff. I mean, this is not, you know, we're, we're looking at Christ. We're thinking about level five leadership. This is this is the creme de la creme. I mean this is a lifetime journey to, to work out and we all fail but uh, I think if we look at the example of Christ then I think the power the inspiration the ability to as it were inch forward a little bit more uh, is there um, and again thinking about Jesus again he was able to proactively initiate service so it says in in verses four and five of chapter 13 of john's gospel he got up from the supper supper table because remember knowing who he was where he'd come, that he'd come from the father that he was going back to the father yeah. he got up from the supper table set aside his robe and put on the uh, put on an apron then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples drying them with his apron now again if we think back to 2000 years ago in that time and culture there was an expectation for a servant to be around to do the menial jobs but it was Jesus who deliberately chose to take it on. Mm. He didn't rest on his greatness. And if anybody needed to rest on their greatness, it was certainly Jesus. Mm. But he used his greatness as a reason to serve. And again, he had nothing to prove to anybody. And he, he didn't have to guard his reputation or fear he might lose his popularity. He had nothing to hide. And so he could be vulnerable and transparent. Yeah, It's a, it's a radical gospel, isn't it? And it's a radical gospel that, that Jesus was, was, was cent central to. And, and you know, turning the tables as it were in on, on modern culture and modern yeah. kind of uh, uh understanding of power and, and and significance absolutely and he was able to do that at the same time because he, when people do you know you know it's very easy for somebody to say, i'm going to do this great act for you and somehow put myself on a pedestal aren't i great how aren't i wonderful no you see what jesus was able to do was to keep in two relation in, in two-way relationship with the disciples as well so it so it, so it go, carries on to say in john chapter 13 it says when he got to simon peter peter said master you wash my feet jesus answered you don't understand now what i'm doing but it'll be clear enough to you later mm. peter then persisted you're not going to wash my feet jesus said if if i don't wash you you can't be a part of what i'm doing mm. master says peter no not only my feet then wash my hands wash my head and Jesus goes on to explain that, about what's going to happen to Peter. Mm. But the point I'm trying to make here is, is he keeps in relationship for him. So it's easy, so easy, as I said, for service to be something that we do as with an air of superiority, that I'm going to mm. do this good deed to you. Mm. Okay. And so that, as it were, begins to bring in pride uh, and even arrogance. Mm. Uh, but what's so remarkable about Jesus was he's able to patiently explain to Peter what he was doing, even though at this stage in his life, Peter couldn't make any sense of it. Mm. So... And, you know, Peter goes on to, to by saying he's going to have his whole body washed. And Jesus says, no, that there's a much higher purpose mm. to what he was doing. So Jesus is able to hold on to the fact by keeping, well, hold on to his higher purpose while still keeping in relationship. 
it's very easy you know if i think i i know better to yeah. then think of myself as superior yeah to walk around sort of elevated attitude elevated kind of uh, um, ego and that sort of thing isn't it absolutely and then finally what he was able to do is he was able to teach servanthood to his disciples by his example mm. so after he finished washing their feet he took his robe put it back on and went back to his place at the table and he said do you understand what i've done to you you address me as teacher and master and rightly so that is what i am so if i the master and teacher washed your feet then you must also wash each other's feet i've laid a pattern for you is what he's saying and that's again is the ultimate level five leader powerfully exemplifies the as we said this paradoxical blend of personal humility at the same time with a very clear determination to make a dramatic effect for the good of his disciples and ultimately for the world so you know it that illustrates to grow as a servant leader does not mean gaining more rights and privileges because as you grow and reach the top you actually surrender your rights and privileges and you know the other thing is that everyone likes to be thought of as a servant but you treat somebody as a servant, you call somebody a servant, then uh, it, it, it's, you know, it, it doesn't feel very nice then at all, really. Um, Good. So some fascinating things to learn there, Sunil. And, uh, you know, it's quite inspiring to think of the example of Christ. But uh, have you got any sort of closing thoughts for us, Sunil? Something just to, to leave us with at the end of this podcast? Um, well, I hope that, you know, that this can be in, in, encouragement inspiration it's very easy to feel oh my goodness you know we've talked about such incredible leaders we talked about jesus we talked about lincoln we talked about level five leaders and and we go back to our own world and we go back to our own mundane you know our own mundane lives but i suppose the important thing is 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 that realization is that each of us has a unique role to play in the world each of us has unique people who we have influence on mm. and jesus says that he he is the ultimate leader and his power is available through his holy spirit in the here and now mm. to all of us in whatever situations we're facing be they big or small and again we, we mustn't get into the comparisons trap you know we're all called to different things so whatever you're called to that requires the best of your leadership and that's what I'd encourage our, our, our listeners to take home as, uh, as, as, as they, re they reflect on this. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you can get all the show notes for this episode from drsunil.com. And could you do us a favour, head over to iTunes to rate the programme. This is by far the best way to get this content into the hands of those who need it most. Also, do you think about who you could pass details of the podcast on to? Don't forget to check out the blog for more great content. That's drsunil.com, helping you to make sense of life in a challenging and complex world. Until next time, goodbye for now.